It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. Apparently, I have pissed off a bunch of women that don't think the way I think. And you know, have I ever suggested that somebody turn around and think like me? Hell no. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I've been told that there are some women that live in the southern area of the United States that do not like my book. What do you think of that? And here, I thought that book was made for everybody. (laughs) The Diary of a Sugar Mom. Not Sugar Mama. It's Sugar Mom. Listen, I trademarked that name. That's how important that story was to me. And I said it was faction from the very beginning. Yes, there are some parts that are true, but mostly about family and work. The sex stuff is just fly-by-night. Fantasy. You try and tell me, whether you live in the North or the South, that you haven't read at least one Harlequin novel in your life. Really? So now you have to call management and tell them that you're not happy with the promos that are running on your radio stations. Because it's me saying, this is the diary of a sugar mom. What would you do in order to keep your children safe if there was no money What would you do? What would be the extent that you would go to to keep the roof over your children's heads? Could you have sex for money? It's just a could you. It's not did you, and it's not would you, and it's not I did. This was just a book. It was a life lesson, a story. One woman talking to another woman, asking, what are the depths that you would go to, to keep your children safe. Now, what woman in her right mind would get upset hearing something like this as a one- or two-minute promo on their radio station? I mean, you have to be kidding me. If you don't agree with the principle, you're entitled. But, you know, it's like I don't do this CCing either if I don't like something If I don't like something, I go to the person and I write to them directly and I say, hey, you know what? I have a bit of an issue. Can we talk about this? I don't CC their boss and their boss's boss. That's just insane because translation gets lost. Everybody jumps the gun. Nobody knows who to believe. Well, I'm telling you personally, I'm not suggesting you do that. I'm not suggesting you, as a woman, enter the world of sugar daddy in order to pay the rent. It was a book, partly fairy tale, something to think about. Did you get all upset with Fifty Shades of Grey? I could just see you writing to the frickin' publisher about that one. Come on, we're grown-ups here. And there isn't one of you that hasn't thought about what it would be like to have sex and get paid for it. For goodness sake, if you like sex, why wouldn't you want to make money from it? In fantasy land, isn't that kind of a hot feeling to know that somebody feels you're worth it enough to pay for you? To pay for your services. Just give yourself a minute to calm down and think about it. It's not a big deal. It's just a thought. I'm not trying to upset you. I just don't know what I can say and what I can't say that won't just make you want to fly off the handle 
and call one of my bosses. Oh. <laughs> the worst thing that could happen in this situation right now is they're going to say to me, Robin, we no longer want to represent you on the Sugar Mom podcast. And then I'd say to them, okay, I'm going to go try and find a radio show that I can talk about this stuff instead. And I might come find one in your neighborhood. <laughs> then you've got something to complain about. <laughs> I'm not trying to be antagonistic. I swear to you, I'm not that kind of person. I don't like confrontation, just like you don't. But all I'm trying to say is, it's a book. Right in the front of the book, I say, this is faction, a combination of fact and fiction. Now, does the person that writes the Harlequin novels tell you that she's experienced any of the things that she's written about? I guarantee you she has, or he, whoever the writer might be. I guarantee they have lived through at least one of those hot, steamy moments. So in the meantime, for those of you that did not get a chance to hear my book, which you can for free on iTunes, just go to the Sugar Mom podcast and look for chapters of The Diary of a Sugar Mom. And it goes all the way up to chapter 70-something. But you can't skip ahead and read the end before the beginning. It ruins the whole book. Start with chapter one and enjoy yourself. Don't be so upset over something that's so trivial. It's just one woman talking about what she would do to save herself and her children. If put in that situation. That's all. Promise. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. Now, I want to get back to the girlfriend that I normally talk to. I received an email from a woman who said to me, she read my book. She related so strongly to the character in the book named Dora, which is short for Pandora, because we never want to open Pandora's box, which is basically what I just did. <laughs> I'm my own worst enemy. But she wrote saying it really influenced her life. No, she wasn't going to go out and have sex for money, but she did live in that type of world where everything was falling apart. And she didn't know what to do. And the book acted as something that lifted her up and showed her that she's not the only woman in the world that's gone through something like this before. And when she wrote to me, I'll have you know, she talked about Dora and what Dora did in the book. She gets it. It's a story. But it could happen to anybody. The reason I'm bringing all of this up, and I would love for you all to listen to the book, and I'm saying it's free. I mean, I'm selling it too. If you want to go to my website, sugarmom.net, you can buy the audiobook, the ebook, the paperback book. It's got pictures, it's got everything. And I can send it to you personally if you order through my website. Or you can listen for free right on iTunes. But start at chapter one. Anyway, I lost track of what I was trying to say to you. I'm going to bring this woman on the air with me. She wants to talk. She wants to tell you how this book influenced her life. And I'm thrilled because the reason I'm here, in case you aren't aware, I'm here to help you 
and me find a soulmate. There are so many women that are like us that don't have anybody to talk to. They're forward thinking and their friends aren't. So maybe if we talk about this stuff together, we can bring the backwards women forward and help them to see a little bit of the light. You don't have to settle for something that you're involved in. That's my point. A sugar mom is someone that will do something a little bit out of the ordinary to make her life better, her children's lives better, even her husband. She'll change things up, make life interesting, maybe change a sex routine. Am I allowed to say that? You say it too. You know, it's just you don't want to get stuck in a rut. And if you are in that rut, now's the time to get out. What I say all the time is, if you've been married for 20 years, 25, look at the guy you're married to, and if things aren't right, this is the time to fix them, because you still have a lot of life left in you. And if he won't agree to fix whatever's wrong, or you won't, either one of you has the right to leave and find somebody else that will. Because I guarantee you're going to be just as miserable, if not more so, 20 years from now, if you stay the way you are. This is the time to make the change, preferably fixing your marriage. If you can't, get out. I'm not saying cheat on your husband. I'm saying ask him to talk. Ask him to help you fix it. If he refuses, ask him for a divorce. You're not the only one in the world that's going through it. More than 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And most of the reason is people don't talk to each other. So, having said that, I'm going to bring my friend on. So I'd like to introduce Cindy, who's the woman I had mentioned that had written me the email. First of all, welcome. And you and I are talking with my one friend that I talk to every week. And I say that with a big heart because my rule of thumb is only talk to one person at a time. And I would love to ask you what was going on in your life that inspired you to pick up this book. And as we move down this track, I'd like to know what about the book made you mesh with my story and did anything happen as a result of reading the book that might have changed your life? That's the direction I'm heading with all of this. Okay. So um, I'm in between jobs right now and trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And um, I was working on some projects. And I'm finding myself at home quite a bit. That's not where I want to be. Your podcast is announced on the local radio station, and I decided to take a listen to your book, and I listened to it from start to finish. And, you know, it really resonated with me because I've gone through divorce within the past two years. I'm finding myself without my kids, without my home, Wait, your children. my husband. Your, your children aren't with you? Are they older? They're older, 19 and 21. Are they living um, with him? One of my daughters lives with my, with my ex-husband, and my, my son is living with it on his own. So I've gone through that period of loss, losing my house, losing my home, losing, you 
losing my job, losing my family, losing my kids. It's been tough. It's been um, difficult for me. It's been, I've gone through therapy. I've been on medication. Well, aren't we all? (laughs) We're all on some kind of medication. (laughs) Aren't we? Yes. (laughs) Let me just break in for a minute. I'm not asking for the details of, you know, what caused your divorce because that's private. My question, and I'm sure the woman that's listening would also want to know, why would your son choose to go with your husband? Was it more of a a male bonding kind of issue? And are you on good terms with your son and husband? My son, yes. My ex-husband, no. Okay. Why did he choose to go with your husband? He chose to go with my husband because my husband moved out of the house first. We had to sell our house. Um, Um, He just didn't want to be bothered with going, getting out of the home when we had to show it. Yeah. Um, he was too into his computer games and that kind of stuff. Okay. So he just decided to go with my husband because it was the easiest thing to do for him. And I understood that. Well, wait a minute. Who packed the house? Me. All by yourself? Yes. <clears throat> all by myself. But why did all of this fall on you? And whose decision was it to divorce? It was actually my decision to divorce. You know, I had a stroke at the age of 40. Then it started to go downhill from there. My husband was a cheater. Um, was he a cheater before you had the stroke or after? Not that I'm aware. I think I had the stroke and he couldn't cope. And he went to find, you know, comfort elsewhere. And, you know, I forgave him and we tried to work through it. And then fast forward to four years later, he was lying to me. Um, I, I believe he was still cheating on me. Um, he was hiding money from me. Ugh. You know... I had to leave the marriage in order to save myself. Yes. My son took it fine. He's able to, you know, keep myself and my, my husband's issues separate. But my daughter's blaming me. Um, Why? She doesn't believe I had, she, she doesn't believe her dad had an affair. She believes it's, it's my story that I'm making up. Why doesn't she just um, talk to her dad? She has him on a pedestal. Um, you know, daddy-daughter thing. Yeah. You know, he has her convinced that he never had an affair. It's your mother making up stories. So he's lying so, to your daughter? Of course he's lying to my Ugh. daughter. And there's so much more that he's done and, you know, that's happening right now. And it's just ridiculous. But what I'm doing is staying strong for her. I'm here for her when she needs me. You know, I'm just staying the course. That's all I can do. Yeah. Because... If I try to explain to her everything about the affair and everything about her father, she's not going to believe me. She's going she's gonna to try to turn around and point fingers at me, and I don't want to do that. Isn't it amazing um, how we always wind up being the ones that try to protect the man that has done us wrong? That's craziness. No. I mean, you do know that, right? I do the same thing with my ex, and I've been divorced for seven years but we're amicable, like we're still friends. But up until the right. day we finalized that divorce, even now, I try to protect him. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we are for nature. I think it's being a strong woman. <laughs> I think. So I'm here by myself, staying strong, trying to find a new job. Where are you? I'm in Londonderry, New Hampshire. Oh, okay. And where are your kids? My son is in Newmarket, about 50 minutes away. And my daughter just moved to Bow, which is about 20 minutes away. 
Okay, so you're centrally located between your kids. You're not looking to move anywhere else. No, I'm not. Okay. What kind of work are you looking for? Not that it matters. No, you know, I was in insurance for 17 years, then I became a librarian, a school librarian. Hmm. I did that for the past nine years. Then I left at the end of 2016 to pursue um, RML business. I'm a seamstress. Good for Um, you. You know, I'm trying to pursue that, but it's, you know, it's nothing steady, nothing consistent. So I'm trying to get back into the library world, but there's no jobs out there. Yeah. I'm kind of looking for anything right now. So you're in a dark place, basically. Oh, very dark. Um, Do you have no. somebody to go to, to talk with, to air your feelings? I have a wonderful group of friends that I kept even after the divorce. A great bunch of women that support me. I'm great friends with my mom. I'm great friends with my sister. I have a significant other that I get to spend as much time as you know, is possible with him. Good. Um, That's really good. It's very good. Every once in a while, it feels very dark. Yeah. You got into this mess, or you put yourself into this mess, because he actually put you into this mess, and, and you're owning up to everything that really wasn't you. And this is like a quick summary. Your children don't believe you. One doesn't care and one does care, which is what I'm picking up. You know, one is right. can preoccupy himself with other things and your daughter just right. believes your husband verbatim. And so the kids, I would think, are the part that is the most hurtful in your life right now. The fact that he continued to cheat and lie is another thing that would blow me up, you know, as, as it did you. And then you find this podcast and you're listening. Right, and listening very intently. Where did you start to see the similarity? And maybe I should backtrack for a minute because this book is about a woman who's got five kids and she is struggling because her husband and she are not together. And I'm talking to the woman that hasn't read the book yet. And it's, it's the lengths that she will stoop to or reach out to in order to support her family. How far would you go to keep the roof over the heads of your kids? Would you have sex and try to get paid for it? Would you do that sugar daddy kind of world to make a quick 500 bucks, you know? So that's what this book is about. And she's a very moralistic woman that reaches into and steps across the looking glass into this other world in order to keep her kids safe and living the life they were used to. So now, back to you. Where was it that you started to relate? I started to relate to her um, with her love of sex. Um, because I'm not having to support my children. You know, they're old enough to take care of themselves or they're with their father. It's just me. But I do, you know, own my home without work. And throughout this two-year period since I've been divorced... I've rediscovered myself. In that process, I found that I really enjoy sex. Well, while you were married, was sex, did it take a back seat? Yes. Um, The last five years of my marriage, since I had the stroke, I had to initiate any kind of sex with my husband. I see. And looking back, I now know why, because he was cheating on me. Oh, Um, so it had nothing really to do with the stroke. 
No, it really didn't. I felt inferior as a woman. I was looking at myself and saying, what's wrong with me? Yes. Why does he not want me? So I get divorced. I'm struggling. And then I start dating and having sex. And I find that it's very freeing. And the gentleman that I'm with right now, um, we have wonderful sex. Isn't that funny that chemistry can change everything? <laughs> it's so it's so true. And this, this gentleman that I'm seeing is a little bit older than me, but our chemistry is electric. And when I'm with him, I can relax and be myself. Oh, it sounds like heaven. It, it is heaven. It's It's just fantastic. So in that way, I related to the book and how I don't know that I could actually go out and join a call service or whatever, but the thought that I enjoy sex so much made me think. It, it did. It really made me think about, you know, the fact that I'm struggling to pay the mortgage and struggling to pay the electricity and struggling to buy groceries. Right. What could I do? Right. If we allow logic to prevail, we need money, we like sex, so why not have somebody pay for it and enjoy ourselves? <laughs> not that I'm trying to justify it, but it makes a hell of a lot of sense to me, and it did to Dora, you know, the character in the book. Right. Sort of put me in my place. <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of eye-opening for me to listen to the story and to say, you know, I could really do this and <laughs> do it well. I bet. <laughs> you know how many women out there probably feel the same way? It's almost like a fantasy. I mean, it is a fantasy. It is, it, it is a fantasy to most, but there are very few that can bring it to fruition. Correct. You're right. You know, I know a handful of women that are single and that are enjoying sex right now. And they're in their late 40s, early 50s. It's fantastic. It's called me time. <gasps> that's a, it's, that's right. what a sugar mom is. <laughs> Do you know how many times a day I have to explain that to people that look at me with this lewd look in their eyes? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yes, it is. Okay, so... Aside from that, was there any other thing within the podcast or my book that startled you or turned you around or made you stop and think? Aside from the sexual part of it. The, the fact that this woman was supporting her kids and then she had to support her husband or her soon-to-be ex-husband or whatever he was. Mm -hmm. It really made me look at my marriage and what I did to support my husband. My husband was a fire chief, and I was a dutiful wife of the fire chief, and I went to all the functions, and I did all the things I was supposed to do, and I supported him, and yet he still went behind my back and cheated on me. So here the woman in the book is supporting a husband when she really didn't have to do that. And I'm like, did I have to do all those things? No, I didn't have to do that. But I felt obligated. Yes. Because I was the wife. Yes. And he's the father of your children. Of course. 
And you're not trying to rock the boat. You're not trying to put it in anybody's face. Yeah. Once again, in no. protect mode. Right. And I still have an issue driving back to the town that we raised our children in. And I know that is all me because there's nobody in that town that would point fingers at me. They're very supportive. But I still feel horrible about the divorce and what that did to my kids and what it's now doing to my ex. But the thing is, yes, you pulled the trigger, but he loaded the gun. You're right. You're absolutely right. And that's what I'm going to call this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Very well said, Robin. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But, you know, none of this is your fault. I did the same thing. This is where we all have to take control of ourselves and realize Sure, we're not perfect women. We're not Ozzie and Harriet. We didn't do everything by the book that maybe our grandmothers did. I mean, our mothers were certainly not perfect. No. But we didn't anticipate, egg on, ask them to step outside of the marriage. If there had been something wrong in your marriage, Mm -hmm. the right thing to have done would have been for him to have come to you and discussed it. And then you could have either fixed it or you could have walked away. Instead, you caught him. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than catching a liar because you know, how are you ever supposed to trust this person again if they didn't come forth? Well, and that was the thing. We worked through the, the affair and we went to counseling. And then fast forward four years when I found out that he was still cheating and I found out he was you know, lying to me and hiding money. I said to him, I'm filing for divorce and I can't trust you. Those are my exact words. I can't trust you anymore. That's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you don't have trust, you don't have anything. That's right. The Catholic girl in me uh-huh. is still feeling very guilty. Um, Get over it. That is old school. That's really, really old school. And I know it's easier said than done. But my goodness, yeah. girl, look what you went through. Look how you handled it. Forget the religious end of this. You're now free. And you've got some, you know, some ghosts that are, you know, popping up here and there, like your children's psyche and your ex-husband's stupidity. But, but now you are a free woman to do and choose and be who you want to be. And you found somebody worthwhile. Exactly. And, and you said it right there. I'm free. I'm free of my ex-husband and all of his goings-on, you know? Yes. You did the right thing. I I know I did. I know I did. But it's still difficult for me when my daughter doesn't believe me. That's the thing that I'm stuck on right now. But I'm doing, I'm, I'm being there for her. I'm doing what I need to do and not putting anything on her. Do you have the, the name of the person that he was having an affair with? Oh, I do. And is he still seeing her? He cheated on me in 2011. Then he went with a local woman before he even divorced. And he cheated on her with the woman that he originally cheated on me with. That's usually the way it goes. Yeah. And um, But the woman that he cheated on you with, do you ever speak to her? No. I spoke to her one time when I discovered the affair. 
and that was the end of our conversations. Did she deny? No, did not deny it. Oh, it's too bad you didn't record that conversation. No kidding. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I I know, I know. Um, mm, you know, mm, but mm. I have other things in my arsenal that I can eventually show Holly that will prove to her that he did cheat. Then but why are you holding these back? Because I know that she's just going to deny it. Because she just loves her father so much. She wants to believe him. Maybe she needs to have a different spin presented. Like, he's a great dad, but he wasn't a terrific husband. And you're only looking out for her own good because you don't want her to choose a man that has his shortcomings. Right, exactly. And maybe she can take a step back and say, I know you're not trying to threaten his ability to be a dad, Mom. Right. And let me know, you know, tell me what you really think happened and show me your proof so that I can see him as a man, not as my right. dad. Or is yeah. this wishful thinking? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's wishful thinking. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what happened with, I, with mine. I think she's too involved in his world right now, and he's making her that way. He's allowing her to become even more dependent on him, so it would be harder for her to leave. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, and, you know, I know there'll, be, there'll come a time when we can sit down and we can go through those things, but it's not right now. Mm-hmm. I just, I know, I know my daughter and I know the way she thinks. It needs to be about her dad right now. <laughs> That's fine. It's not Let fine. It it's not fine. You're suffering for his mistake. Your, your daughter is living a delusional life. Mm-hmm. It's not fine. And anytime you go into that dark place, please remember that there's a woman that was on the other end of the phone that's telling you, you have the right to be upset when you get into that dark place. But mm-hmm. somehow, like I just described in one of my last podcasts, it's like you fall down that hole uh, that mm-hmm. Alice fell down and, you know, wound up with a Mad Hatter and all the other right. people. She drank from a bottle that said, drink me, and she shrunk and fell. Well, it's sort right. of the same kind of feeling. You drank it. You fell. It's mm-hmm. not your fault. You landed hard. And now mm-hmm. it's just time to crawl back up, look at the light, and realize it's over. Right. It's all over. You can't fix anything any more than you've already fixed. Right. I can hear you say that. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's easier said than done. I know. (laughs) Um, I don't let things get the best of me for the most part. But when it comes to my kids... (sighs) I know. You know? (laughs) It sucks. It's like, why did we have these things? (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. How many do you have? Just the two? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let me just ask you this out of vanity. Did you like the book? (laughs) I did. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. Yes. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. I listened to it on audio because I was busy sewing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I listened to it and I just kept listening and listening and listening. And I just wanted to know so much more about. Her. Off the top of your head, is there anything you can think of that you wanted to know that you didn't find out? 
Or were most questions answered further on down? I think most questions were answered. You know, you always want to know what happens after the book ends. <laughs> yes, and I believe me when I tell you there could be book two. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there could be. But I think most questions were answered. And, you know, I felt good about that. Good. It was just an interesting journey to take with her and kind of live out my fantasies through her. Yes. And for that, I'm grateful. Oh, that's nice to hear. Thank you very much for yeah. saying that. Listen, I hope I hope that you can pull yourself out. And it sounds to me like you have less of those dark moments now, you know, much more so than you did while it was first going on. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the man that you're with. God bless him. And just keep looking forward and, and don't even use your peripheral vision. Just look ahead. That's why there are windshields that are big pieces of glass, and the tiny rearview mirror is to look at the things yeah. that have already exactly. happened. Yep. I have a sign in my bedroom that says, don't look back, you're not going that way. Yes, that's exactly right. Well said, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime you want to talk, you've got yeah. my email, okay. uh, Sugarmom at gmail.com. For anybody else that's listening, Sugarmom at gmail.com. And... I can't thank you enough for being on with me and sharing this. And I hope that we affected somebody else's life. I really do. You know, every woman that's going through something like this has to gain a little bit of strength from hearing somebody else's story. Oh, absolutely. And I know I gained uh, quite a bit from listening to your book. Oh, thank you. And I didn't pay her to say that. Cindy, thank you. All the best to you. All the best to you, too. And there you have it. Another one just like us. (laughs) Somebody that knows how to pick herself up, dust herself off, and keep on going. Thank you so much for listening to Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. And if you have a story to share, you know how to reach me right here on iTunes or any podcast you happen to be listening to, that platform, you can write me a note or my Gmail account, robinmarshallsugarmom at gmail.com. Have a great day and thank you for listening to the Sugar Mom Podcast. Westwood One Podcast Production.